Our new partner who I'm really, really excited to announce we are working with. Super, super stoked. Thank you, Angie Huberman, for this connect. It's incredible. Uh, AG1 Athletic Greens. I've been using them for a while. I have them every morning on an empty stomach. Basically, take one scoop and you put it into a uh, cup or glass or mug of eight ounces of cold water. And this is all your greens for the day. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Every day I take this. It's so good for my digestion, my energy. It's simple. It's easy. I don't like taking a lot of vitamins. This has been really, really helpful for me. I've had a lot of stomach issues my whole life, and ever since I've been gluten-free and taking the AG1s, it's really helped me in my stomach in the mornings. I love it, and I'm so psyched that they're part of the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm sure a lot of people don't like eating greens, let alone drinking your greens, but I can tell you straight up, it's got a mild tropical taste, and the taste is actually really refreshing, and I really look forward to it each morning. Don't, don't think it's just going to be just straight bland. Um, it tastes really, really good, um, and it's good for you, so remember that. This one blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's incredible. Just one scoop, especially for musicians who are vegans or just musicians in general who want to get those daily greens. You can get the packets. It's incredible. I just gave some to my friend Derek from Sepultura. He traveled the whole entire world this summer, and he had, he had those every single day. He said it saved him. I bring AG1s with me when I travel. It helps me stay healthy. You know the deal. If you're on tour and you are uh, a picky eater, but you need to have your greens, sometimes catering doesn't have greens. Sometimes you miss the catering. Sometimes you miss the backstage food. Sometimes it's too late after the show to go get food that you like. So if you just have a, a scoop of uh, AG1s in your hotel room before you go to bed or you're in the hotel room at night and you're starving and you want something healthy, boom, life changer. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with some convenient daily nutrition. That's all you need. One scoop in a cup every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. This is it. I'm super psyched. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit drinkag1.com slash OLLC. That's drinkag1.com slash OLLC. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This is incredible. I love it. It's just basic greens. For me personally, this has changed my life tremendously. I'm not a junk food vegan. I don't eat a lot of fake meats, so I'm strictly, strictly greens. And this has been a wonderful, wonderful new addition to my life. So once again, visit drinkag1.com slash OLLC. That's drinkag1.com slash OLLC. Get one free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. That's drinkag1.com slash OLLC. Yo, yo, Liquid Death, thank you so much for hydrating all my guests, taking care of me and my family and my friends. Love your water, love your brand, love what you stand for, love what you give back to the community. If you want to learn more about Liquid Death and how it started, listen to episode 115 with the co-founder, owner, and creator of Liquid Death, Mike Cesario. Just a punk rock skateboarding kid from Delaware with a dream. It's an incredible story, incredible journey. So if you go liquiddeath.com slash Toby, you get free shipping on any items you order from liquiddeath.com. And if you want to get water, Liquid Death water, go to amazon.com. But for merchandise and other things that's not water, go to liquiddeath.com slash Toby and get free shipping. Thank you so much, Liquid Death. Death to plastic, murder your thirst, stay hydrated. You know H2O saves lives. Welcome to the One Life, One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morris. 
I got my brother, Mr. Derek Green, on my right side today. Thank you for being here, Derek. Hi. Appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me. Cody Max here over there. No Mike chilling. Thank you. <laughs> and then we got the legend, and this is his first podcast. I'm truly freaking honored to have Mr. Mark Mahoney in my kitchen, man. So thank you for being here, man. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever the hell it is. <laughs> uh, I'm happy to be here. Yo, thank, thank you, you so man. much. You look, you look amazing. Um, I've always been jealous of your hair game. You always have amazing hair. Oh, man. Always styling. It's pretty always, phenomenal. Dude, this guy, he's always John like, point. yeah. My wife was super jealous that she couldn't be here today. She's a big uh, fan of Mark. Oh, I'm sorry she ain't here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but how are you doing, man? How's life? Life is good, man. Life is good. We, uh, you know, I get to spend all that time with Cody and laugh and, you know, have a good time chucking and jiving. So life is good, you know, fucking my... Stay busy too, my, right? My youngest daughter is getting ready to graduate college and... My wow. oldest daughter has two little boys over in Ireland that we get to go visit. And the wife and I get to, you know, hang out more now that I'm working a little less. It's, yeah. Life is good. You know, it's real good. Yeah, it's interesting that chapter of your life when the kids are all grown, they're gone, then it's you and your lady again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. It's nice, man. It's like, you know, because I essentially worked for 40 years, you know, six or seven nights a week till four or five in the morning, you know what I wow. mean? So it's really, uh, it's nice. I cherish the time we got together now. Yeah. So we're both uh, East Coasters on Massachusetts, Taunton, Mass. You're Boston, Mass. Yeah. Uh, Mass. Westy, Mass. What part of Boston were you from? Newton. West Newton. Okay, man. cool. Right by Waltham. Yeah. And uh, was, it good, was it a good life growing up there? Yeah, it was. You know, I... Uh, I had a real good time. It was, uh, you know, my parents were cool. I had an older sister that had like a, a lot of, uh, what do you call, mental problems that mm. like affected the whole family or whatever. She was, she tried to kill herself a, a bunch of different times. Wow. But, but, How you old know, was she when it happened? She started probably when she was 14, but I mean, she did, she drank Drano, she ate razor blades, oh she jumped off of, Brownstone. She, I mean, she wasn't fucking around, you know. Wow. But she ended up living this long and unfortunately unhappy life. She passed about four or five years ago or something. But wow. yeah, I mean, other than that, it was kind of idyllic, you know. She was hard on my parents, you know, and it was. Were your parents strict? No, no, super sweet, super, you know. Was it a, a religious family or? Yeah, you know, like they were Catholic? my dad was big Catholic and Irish Catholic, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mom was a big believer, but she didn't believe in church so much. So Oh really? Yeah, my dad was an usher and went every Sunday. Oh, did, wow. did you hate church? No, I loved it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I in fact, you know, probably the first ten, eleven years of my life I thought about being a priest, you wow. know. Wow. You know, of course, I wanted to be a secret agent and stuff, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, I thought like realistically about becoming a priest, you know. And then, wow, puberty hits, you know. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> that. What, what time period was it that you were growing up? So yeah, like that would be the early sixties. You know? Nice. Okay. Wow. So be a priest. That'd be, that'd be so crazy if that was a route you chose. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Mahoney, the priest. But then you saw girls and like, nah, forget about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, were you were you a good kid growing up? 
Were you I like was, a wild kid or not? No, I was a good kid until, uh, you know, maybe 14 or something discovered alcohol, you know? Mm, and then, okay. uh, Very young. then I became a wild kid. A wild you know? kid? Yeah, yeah. What about school? Were your parents strict on school and stuff? I, they weren't so strict. I was, you know, I I was okay at school, you know what I mean? That, I, I like went, the, you know, and I, uh, I did good in school. I was okay with it. I didn't mind it. And then I liked it more when I could have a little peppermint schnapps in the morning. Peppermint <laughs> 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 In cold winter mornings, you know. <laughs> the guaranteed drink yeah. for high school kids. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Are you drinking in school or before school? Oh, before, during, and after. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Did you end up uh, graduating from school or no? Yeah, I did. I did. And what did you? What were your goals? What would you want to do at that time? I had already discovered uh, tattooing. That you know? young, okay. Yeah, like so. A uh, pivotal moment in my upbringing was when this uh, wild family moved from New York to my neighborhood, the Hurleys, and there was like four boys and they were all greasers, you know what I mean? And I was already obsessed with the 50s and collected old car magazines and, you know, would go f shopping at the Goodwill. But uh, these guys were like full-on pomade, leather jacket, and uh, so... It started like a little greaser gang that I, you know, got jumped into. And wow. Mark, the oldest one, uh, was going down to get tattooed. And, of course, it was illegal in Massachusetts, so would go to Rhode Island to get tattooed. And I went with him. I was maybe 15, and he was 18. And as soon as I walked into this, it was Buddy Mott's tattoo shop in Newport, Rhode Island. Oh, shit, I used to live in Newport. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I lived after Taunton. Wow, okay. Yeah, I knew <laughs> that this this was it. It was like a real epiphany. I walked in there and looked around, and I don't think Buddy had changed anything but the channel on the television since World War II. You know, it had that real fucking <laughs> atmospheric, cool... Five and he was tattooing a hell's angel and there's a lot of people waiting to get tattooed by him and I was like, oh yeah, this is it. That you fell in love with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you ever interested in art in school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always okay. drew. You know what I mean? Okay. That was okay, my that thing. Sense. You have them long winters back there, so right. I would spend and I started drawing like the. Revolutionary War when I was a kid, and then uh, choppers started happening in the middle 60s, and I started drawing choppers, and that was a, a big obsession with me, a motorcycle yeah. thing, and that kind of segued into the tattoo thing. You, you know? also love, like, religious art, too, as well. Like Yeah, stuff, yeah, right? I mean, and that's the thing that I remember most about going to church is just looking at those pictures and the way that they can make it so dramatic looking, yeah, you know, yeah. with that light source or that whatever the tricks they use, it's uh, it's like art turned up, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Religious art has a little extra nitrous oxide or something that makes yeah. it <laughs> makes it strong. Do you uh did you get tattooed that day when you went there? 
No, I was too young, you know. Yeah. It took me uh, till I was 16, I think, to get tattooed. But uh, I was, you know, I was a goner. And then Mark was also an artist, Mark Hurley, and uh, he had joined the Navy after high school. And he got a guy in Florida named Cool Hand Luke to teach cool him Luke. How, to, how to tattoo. <laughs> But and of then Mark came back and knocked on my door, and he had a 12-pack of Budweiser with all this brand-new tattoo equipment piled on the top of it and says, Mark, you're tattooing my back. So, what? Said, okay. That was your first tat? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. A back piece? And it was big, big tiger on his lower back, right? <laughs> and uh, I drew it on with a pen. He's kind of, you know, like, bent over the chair a little bit. I'm getting ready to start, you know, he set the machine up and I'm getting ready to start. And he says, you know, let me pee, Mark. So he stands up and then this tiger becomes a dachshund. It's like <laughs> long and thin. And I was like, so glad I didn't start tattooing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have to see what it looks like when you stand up till you move all yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I that was, you know, one of my first <laughs> lessons in tattooing before I even hit the skin to, you know, put the pattern on the way it's going to be shown. Wow, you know? man. So you're like underage tattooing, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Fuck, man. Do your parents know what you're doing at that time? At that no. Point? Yeah, maybe. They knew what I wanted, and, you know, that went over, like they say in Boston, like a fat in church that I wanted to do... Uh, you know, it was like saying I wanted to be a burglar because yeah. it was illegal, you know? So and Tattoos back then was like criminals, sailors, all kinds of degenerates. It wasn't yeah. like it's obviously what it is now. It's right, insane. Right. It's like yeah. Yeah. so many people have tattoos now. And I, I mean, I guess you, you were pretty young, so I don't know, like the Vietnam War, that wasn't... You know, I just, I was like, if I was maybe... Nine months older, I would have mm -hmm. had to yeah, register for the draft, you yeah. know. Wow. So I just kind of dodged that bullet, you okay. know. But that's the era, and yeah. you know, when I did start tattooing, that's who I tattooed was, right. uh, you know, like the motorcycle clubs that I started tattooing my career on were all like returning veterans from Vietnam, you know. Wow. Is it true back then they might have used like some motor oil inside the ink too? Some of those bike clubs? Who no, knows what's in the ink? No, no. Okay. That's, that's, that's a good one though, man. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that. what I heard. They had some really crazy inks they used to win there back then. Or Yeah, no. I mean, they had mercury in the red in those days, oh. you know, which sometimes would welt up on people. So straight out of school, you're just tattooing then? That, that's your thing? Yeah, it, you know, it took me, I, uh, it took me, I, Maybe a year after high school before I got rolling, you know. Yeah. I was 19 when I started, you know, not doing any other jobs and just doing tattooing. Yeah, and that's that's right in Boston? Yeah, yeah. What was it, a, a shop or? like? No, what? you know, I'd go to the motorcycle club, clubhouse. Because it's illegal back then. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, of course. Sometimes people's kitchen, much like we're in right here and now. I'd wow. I'd set my stuff up and... Uh, it was fun, you know, but it's it's funny that, you know, one of the things that attracted me or the main thing that attracted me was the, you know, like 
the darkness and mm. the fucking bad and boy thing. You were doing something illegal. Mystery like and the illegality of yeah. it. And, you know, all of that is kind of gone, you know. And I right. wonder if I was, you know, 17 again, if it would have the same allure to me, mm. you know. I don't really know it's the answer to that. It's definitely interesting. You know? And also thinking that it definitely, you probably had seen the change of, they're probably just mostly men getting tattooed. Yeah. And then yeah. seeing that shift. Did yeah. you ever notice that shift? Like, wait a minute, there's women. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there was women in those days, but. Oh, really? So they we, were wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell yeah. Us, tell yeah. us about um, the women. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I mean there was, yeah. It's, it was, it's gradual, dude. You know, it was gradual, but. Now it's almost more women. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that for sure. Right now, yeah. more women getting oh, yeah. tattooed. Dramatically different. Yeah. Wow. I'm just curious about the women back then that were getting tattooed. They must have been super rebellious. Yeah, yeah. They were intense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they had to get it where it couldn't be seen, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that presented challenges in its own right. Yeah. It's That's great. Cool. Wow, man. Yeah. And then how do you end up in California? So I tattooed there in Massachusetts, and then I went to art school for a brief moment for nice. a couple of three months. What school? The museum school in Boston. And the cool kids were moving to New York. Mm. This famous photographer, Nan Golden, and this other photographer, David Armstrong, were moving to New York. And I was like, fuck it, fuck school, I'm going to New York. So I think I was at the museum school for like three or four months. Then, you know, moved down to New York to the Lower East Side with them. And, uh, you know, and then I started tattooing, you know, like punk rock kids. And, you know, oh, my, yeah. My roommate was, you know, friends with Johnny Thunder. So, you know, I was... Getting, wow. getting high with Johnny, I think, on my very first night in New York, you know. So, um, yeah, that was, you know, like the next chapter. And they would come to my house or I'd go to the Chelsea Hotel and tattoo or whatever. That's crazy. I went over twice. Like, when I first got there, we stayed in this loft. And the guy... You know, my roommate had ended up with uh, Nancy Spongeon's cat. She uh, was gave him the cat. She was going to London. She said she was going to get Johnny Rotten and bring him back, you know. But wow. she she went over, and I think she got lucky. She brought Sid back instead. He was much better looking, a much nicer <laughs> guy, man. Definitely better looking. Yeah, and a much nicer guy. Wow. But, uh, yeah, so then I... So you're just hanging know, out with all that crew, all those people. Yeah. You're in New York, you know, mix, like Lower East Side. Yeah, yeah. What is that, uh, 70s, late 70s, early yeah, 80s? Yeah, late 70s, okay. 77, Two. 78, 79. Different world, man, Lower East Side back then. I'm sure. That's some warrior shit. Yeah, because we both lived there. It was After fun. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way after that. You know, it's, what's funny is that there was, you know, so many gigs every night of the week. You'd have to go to 
you know, CBs early and then someplace else late. And then, yeah, I mean, then go to the mud club after hours. I mean, and it wasn't cool to say you were happy, you're having a good time. Mm. You had to say, oh, I'm so depressed. I'm so miserable. Super dark. <laughs> and in retrospect, <laughs> fuck, we were having a fucking ball, man. It was wild. You know, shit. Oh, I'm so depressed. <laughs> that was the vibe, right? It was yeah. like dark and like yeah. miserable. Damn. Yeah, I guess we were all strung out, and that's fucking, you know. Yeah. Well, I was telling me a story that uh, that Johnny Thunder song, the the what's his big song? You can't put your arms around yeah. a memory. You know? um, he was telling me this. Cody Mac, ladies and gentlemen, grab the mic. Go ahead. Hey. Uh, he Joe's was going to kill you. Story about how they were watching the honeymooners before they would go out. And that line was on one of the shows, and that's how he got that song was from watching the Honeymooners with Mark. Wow! Yeah, Jackie Gleason is is threatening to leave Alice, you know, and he tells her, you know, Alice, I'm leaving, and you know, you can't put your arms around a memory. And Jackie was a fat guy. She goes, well, I can't even put my arms around you. Yeah, yeah. So that was like that was on at eleven. It would show two back-to-back episodes, and be at the house for get ready, getting high, and then then you go out. You know. So you were partying like crazy then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still maintaining tattooing every day. Yeah, yeah, trying to tattoo every day. Yeah. Wow, man. That's like, so how old are you? How old are you then? Do you remember? So yeah, it was like nineteen twenty. Wow. Just in the streets, tattooing, partying, hanging out with Johnny Thunders. Yeah. Sid Vicious. It was fun, yeah. Chelsea Hotel. Fuck, man. Was that leaving too back then? No, I didn't meet him till out here. Yeah, I was leaving in New York back then? I thought it was a West Coast cap. No, he was already out here, yeah. Yeah. That's just a crazy rock and roll life, tattooing bikers, everything, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the combination of punk rockers and bikers. Are you just surviving at that point? Just surviving off the tattoos and yeah, 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 yeah. And rents out there are super cheap at that point. Yeah, right. Sure. We had a fucking beautiful place on Elizabeth Street for four hundred fifty dollars a month. Yeah, like a little yeah. first floor of a brownstone. It was so nice. Dude, Elizabeth Street now oh, is crazy. Oh, nice. <laughs> wow. Ah man. And so then, then you end up in Cal- so then California is after that. Yeah. So then you know, like when I tattooed. The motorcycle clubs, the guys would come in from other chapters yeah. or whatever, and every time I saw a really good tattoo, you know, I'd ask them, and where's that from? You know, and it's California. Mm. Where in California? And a few times they said the Pike in Long Beach, you know, and same thing in New York. I'd see some tattoos from, you know, Bob Roberts was in the motorcycle, I mean, in the, um, yeah. in the rock and roll scene and he tattooed some of these musicians and he was working at the pike at that point i think and uh so i'm like man that's the place to be and it was legal so yeah i wanted to get better and you know go legit so i came to california in 1980 1980 yeah it's 20 were you taking it serious at that point you just you were just kind of doing it to do it yeah i was trying to yeah, do it as much as i want i was obsessed you know yeah. But uh, I couldn't, you know, tattoo enough people. I couldn't, you know, didn't feel myself getting better. So I wanted to come out and be around other tattooers. Yeah. Were there any artists that you were 
look that you knew about that you're like, oh man, I need, I want to meet this guy. Not in particular, okay. no, mm, I no. I only that. knew about this place, the okay. Pike, Pike, you know. And so I drove out here and uh, oh, you went dro- to you the, drove out. directly to the Pike. Had you been in California before? Never been okay. nowhere before. <laughs> never been That's nowhere amazing. but New York before, you know. And damn, uh, went to. The Pike and asked if they needed anybody, and they said, "We'll come back, somebody to tattoo, you know." And tomorrow, we'll see. And I only knew one guy, and I told him, "You know, you gotta get tattooed." You know, he's like, "I don't want a tattoo." I'm like, "No, <laughs> you gotta get fucking tattooed." <laughs> I need you. God bless Eddie Divine. He let me tattoo him. <laughs> really? <laughs> when he didn't want it, you know, and. I got the job, you know. Wow. Do you remember yeah. the tattoo you did on the Second them? day, yeah, I did. It was a little heart with a cross and an anchor. He was a merchant marine. Nice. So I, uh, they try to rattle you when you're doing your first tattoo, you know. Like the boss came up and looks at my machines and he laughs. He looks at my machines. <laughs> and then he tells him, uh, Gary, come on over here. Look at this machine. He's going to tattoo his friend with this. <laughs> <laughs> so they try to make intimidate you Intimidate you. You know, intimidate. Yeah. You know, see how you work under pressure, you know. Wow. But I wanted it bad, you know what I mean? I really wanted it bad. And, you yeah. know, I would work seven days a week. I would tattoo for almost nothing just because I figured with every tattoo I do, I'll get a little better, you know. Yeah. And you stayed there for a while. Just, were you living in Long Beach too? I was living in the back of the tattoo shop for the first year I wow. was there. And I wish I still had my first driver's license from L.A. Because, you know, like Coney Island, the big attraction was the electric light, you know. It started at that time, the turn of the century. And it was the same thing with the pike. So we had just known of it as you know, road of amusements, of crumbling amusements as the pike. But I get my license, and it says, number seven, Isle of a Thousand Lights, you know. That was the official name in Long Beach for the pike, you know, so. Damn, is there still tattoo shops out there or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Wow. It's nice that uh, my friend Carrie Barber bought the oldest one down there. The one where I did my first tattoo out there. She brought Bert Grimm's and she runs it as uh, Twilight Fantasy, I think it's called. But yeah, it's the oh, same. That's what it's called? Yeah, same spot. Were you doing all types of styles back then, like before you started getting to the black and gray? You know, I never saw the black and gray until mm-hmm. I came out here, you know? Yeah. And I saw stuff from one of the, uh, it was a girl that worked at, uh, Bert Grimm's that had stuff from Freddie and Negretti, Jack. Right? Yeah, yeah. Freddie Negretti and Jack Rudy. I read it was like a Christ head or something that you saw. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. just, you know, flipped my wig, man. And I was <laughs> like, that's, that's it. That's because that looked like the way I drew, you know, the other kind of sailor style. You know, I learned how to draw f- for tattoo reasons, but that wasn't how I drew for myself, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that kind of shading, no color, 
That's some real West Coast style too, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like that on the East Coast. I don't mm-hmm. think. Everybody wanted color, now. man. Yeah, yeah. Everybody wanted the brights. Yeah. So you started doing. So you started. You went up hike and then you started. How'd you do back in L.A.? How'd you get your shop in L.A.? How that? Happened? Oh, so um, you know, I started tattooing people. Well, first I, you know, I saw that the good black and gray was coming from East L.A. Yeah. So I uh. You know, I ended up go, getting a job over there at Good Time Charlie's on Whittier Boulevard, Classic, which is like yeah. the holy land of black and gray. I was lucky enough to work there before they closed it. But I had developed like a punk rock clientele from, you know, bands in Long Beach and Orange County and stuff. And then I got some, you know, like got a little cholo clientele in East L.A. and I felt like, you know, L.A. proper was the next. Yeah. Were you into those bands? Like, they, like you the know punk what's, bands? You know, it's funny. I wasn't the hugest fan, you know. I was so <laughs> I into the that. 50s that, that, you know, what I always liked is doo-wop music, right. you know, yeah. I mean, vocal harmonies. But I liked these crazy kids, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I really liked the spirit, and I loved all of these kids, you know. Like, yeah. Like, what were some of the bands? Do you remember? Like, you know, my first friends in Long Beach were guys in TSOL, you yeah, know, and they're, awesome. they're still my buddies, you know, but like, you know, Social Distortion mm, and Ness yeah. and all of them guys, they were all, you know, my customers and my friends, you know. That's cool. And Mike Roach tattoos too as well, right? Yeah, I taught Mike how to oh, tattoo. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. It's like the classic West Coast bands. Yeah, yeah. So you tattooed Mike Ness before, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did all Mike's first tattoos, you know. He was a little late coming at it, you know. Like I tattooed all the other guys in the band, and then you know Mike got tattooed. Yeah, now he's got so many. Yeah, After, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Still getting them. Yeah. And then what about like? So you did at Cholos, you had like punk rockers, and then you started doing like in cele- celebrities as well, right? That became when you yeah. came up this way, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh opened a shop on 3rd Street, not far from where we are here. And uh, I think, you know, I had tattooed Johnny Depp in Long Beach when he was 17. You wow. know, his his uh, girlfriend at the time was an old friend of mine. She lived in New York. She lived in the Chelsea. I tattooed her in the Chelsea. And she brought him, he was still living in Miami. She brought him to Long Beach to uh, get tattooed. And, but he was just talking about getting his band signed, you know, far from thinking about being an actor, you know. Wow. But then I opened up on 3rd Street and Mickey Rourke started hanging around. And I think, you know, like Mickey and Cher were kind of pivotal in popularizing tattoos. They were kind of the first like visible Oh, that's right. She had on her yeah. butt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. They were like the first, you know, visible celebrities Great getting point. more than yeah. one tattoo, you know, and, you know, they they rocked them, you know what I mean? They yeah. wore them real well, you know. So, you know, Mickey's still my buddy and he's still getting tattooed. Wow. He's going to tattoo him next week or something <laughs> like phenomenal that. Phenomenal actor. So, yeah, phenomenal yeah, actor, man. Yeah, 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 phenomenal individual, sweetheart. But, um, yeah, I think, 
yeah, I think that's a story that's not really told how important, mm. how, like, you know, all tattooers kind of are in debt to them for how popular it's I become. Of, I forgot about you know? Cher. That's crazy. Yeah, man. That's yeah. Right. That famous video. Yeah, you yeah. And, yeah. I, and I used to watch Sonny and Cher as a kid. Oh, <laughs> my God. She's a, she's a comedic she's genius. A, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Did you um Nicholas Cage too? I knew he has a whole back piece. Yeah, or yeah, I did. I did something a little up. on him. <laughs> you know, all of them. You know, rebellious. There was this whole bunch of you know, young actor kids that hung out at the shop, and you know, Drew Barrymore and you know Balthazar Getty and this whole crew that were skater kids from yeah. the neighborhood, you know, that would hang out at the shop and Angelina Jolie before she was old enough to get tattooed, you know. It's crazy. <laughs> Did you do the uh, Winona Forever? Uh-uh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any tattoos that where people like, yeah, I want to get this, and you're like, nah, I'm not doing that. Mm. You know, um, there was a, I had a shop in San Pedro between Long Beach and East LA, the first shop of my own. I was partners with this guy, Jimmy. And I was broke, and all the white guys in San Pedro were strung out on heroin, and all the cheek cans were on PCP, so nobody really had the disposable income to get tattooed except for this one like biker Coke dealer friend of mine. Wow. And he wanted to get a noose around his neck. And I told him, nah, you know, nah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it gave me a bad feeling. Like, no, no. And he was unrelenting, you know. He'd come down and one night he came down and he put out $1,000 bills. And I could have paid the rent of my house at the shop, Damn. you know, got, you know, I shit out the dry cleaner. I mean, I could have, I could have been square, you know what I mean, and high, you know. So, um, I I just couldn't do it, you know, no matter what. And then he came down one day and says, "I'm going to this guy's garage in Wilmington. This guy just got out of prison, and I'm gonna have him do it. So, if I get hepatitis or any kind of shit like that, it's gonna be on you, Mark." And I'm like, "Dennis, I can't do it, you know." So anyway, he comes back and he shows me, and this photo got down on him. It looked so good. It was big and really? fucking black. It was really fucking. Oh, the kid wow. did an amazing job. And two days later, Dennis was working on his car in his driveway, and it rolled down and broke his neck. He was paralyzed from the neck down. <laughs> what? Two days after the tattoo, you know, so somehow I knew. Fuck, I ain't doing that Holy shit. Holy shit, dude. That's, that's like an omen or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. You would, probably, you would probably say no to somebody right now at this moment if they want to get a news too. Still, yeah, right? yeah, that's... that's. What about like face tats? Eh, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like now, Mark, more people are getting their face before they get anything else. I know. That's a t I mean, that's ridiculous. I won't do someone's <laughs> first tattoo on their face. Come that's what I'm you. saying. It's It's like... <laughs> It, it's like it's like a thing now. It's like almost like almost backwards with the yeah. hands and the neck and the face first. Yeah, it's ridiculous. The it's hands, the yeah. hands, right. the neck, a, the face. Shop, they call that the warp tour bodysuit. Warp tour bodysuit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scarves and mittens. <laughs> like what happened? And it happened relatively fast. Remember, we're speaking with um, 
basketball. Uh, John Sally. John Sally. He yeah. was talking about people getting tattoos in the NBA. Oh. It mm. wasn't that long ago. It was like illegal to have them. Right. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you couldn't. And that's show- what he said. He said yeah. Dennis was one of the first. And you couldn't show him. And yeah, he would get fined. I mean, there's another one that we're all like indebted to, and Tupac. You know what I mean? These people. Oh yeah. These people... You just uh, tattooed Tupac or no? Yeah, I touched up some stuff on Tupac and I did a crown on him and I was, wow. you know, I was real close with the Death Row people. Suge was one of my best friends. And <laughs> <laughs> what? Just so nonchalant. I'd go, I'd go out to Can-Am Studios and tattoo while Pac was recording, you know, and, you know, a bunch cool. of times and... uh Tattoo all the outlaws and and uh, this whole crew. Yo. Yeah, everybody, man. Wow. Should kidnapped him once on a private plane. Let's get, what, go, what? Talk, you talking to Mike? Talking to Mike because Joe's gonna kill you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, Joe. Um, yeah, Mark will tell. The, but yeah, should basically kidnapped him. Um, to us here, I'll tell you. After after uh, Park died, you know. Uh, I guess Sugar didn't want to come to the shop no more, so I'm at his place on Wilshire and I'm doing a big 61 Impala on his stomach and that shit hurts but Sugar will fall asleep no matter where he's getting tattooed and wow but, savage yeah it's so tough but um, anyway so uh, he tells me Mark why don't we uh, why don't you pack your shit up and we'll finish this in Chicago I gotta fly out there to try and sign these girls you know, I think he said it was four sisters play rock music and I want to sign them to death row. So I'm like, yeah, okay. So I call the old lady up and I'm, you know, I had a brand new baby, you know, and she's like, I go, she's like, I, I, I want to go to Chicago. She goes, well, are you getting paid? I'm like, yeah, we were broke. I don't think I even had a car. I was borrowing her dad's wow. car. So um, next thing you know, me and Suge and 20 brothers in the uh, jet on our way, you know, to Chicago or whatever. And then when we land, uh, I see the sign that says, Welcome to Atlanta. Oh. And I tell him, Suge, I, I thought we were going to Chicago. And he's like, all right, so I lied to the white guy. <laughs> 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 but... He had a suitcase with two million in it that he was going to try and give the girls on the slide. Mm. Sign cash. Yeah, cash. Jeez. Fucking red alligator suitcase. Oh, oh my God. And so you would tattoo, just end up tattooing them out there in Atlanta? Yeah, 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 yeah. Finished them up in Atlanta. And then. He would come by the shop all the time, too. And, and Chug was the most generous. You know, how he has this evil rap, I'll never know because. He was the most loyal, the generous, the sweetest. And, you know, I'd tell him what the price was, and then he'd give me five times that or whatever. And I came right home and bought a 66 Eldorado convertible, you know. Wow, thank you, thank you, Suge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Suge Knight. But the best Suge story involves Cody Mack over here, so I'm going to let him take it away. So... Should used to come in randomly with these girls. Some would be strippers, some would be lawyers, some would be college students, and he'd make them get the same thing. Suge's MOB. He'd 
probably ten different girls money over bitches yeah. or his or his poetry. Yeah, you know. something like. But he would oh, come man. in, and one night he came in, two o'clock in the morning. It's the end of the night. I'm miserable. I don't want to be there this late. <laughs> Freddie's tattooing uh, somebody, and Isaiah's there, and Suge comes in with this with one of his homies, and then this white stripper chick, and she's about to get tattooed, but she's drunk and she's acting a fool. And Freddie's customers leaving, spill something on the ground. So I'm on my hands and knees, and I'm cleaning up this green tea ice cream, you know, green tea drink. Yeah. And I hear this girl say, "I want to fuck someone up. I'm gonna fuck someone up right now." And I'm like listening, and then she goes, "I'm gonna fuck up that white boy." <laughs> and in my head, I'm like on my hands and knees, and in my head, I'm replaying what she's saying, and I'm like, "Oh, fucked up." The I'm like, "Wait a second, I'm the only white person in here." <laughs> and as soon as I kind of it clicks. She jumps on my back and like looks like she's about to hit me, and I look up and I'm like, "If you fucking hit me, I'll knock you the fuck out." Because I was also just married for a couple years, and I couldn't go. No, he jumps and he jumps up in Suge's <laughs> face. Suge is at the counter, and I turn around to Suge and listen. I've heard all the stories. I was shook from Suge, but I looked dead at Suge and I was like, "Suge, get this fucking bitch off me! I'm not the one." And Suge kind of looked at me, and goes, "You get over here." Put her like in the corner. Had his boy took care of her, or whatever. Never heard from her again. That was a Friday night. I'm scared to death. I'm like, I just fucking yelled at Suge Knight. I'm going to be dead. <laughs> I come back to work on Monday, and Mark's like, Suge came by on Saturday. And I was like, oh. And he goes, yeah, he told me. And I was like, oh. Suge comes in. He goes, where that guy Cody at? He goes, I love that little motherfucker. said, <laughs> nobody talked to me like that in years. He goes, fucking Cody's my man. Where he at, man? And then, like, a couple years later, Maddie's three years old. She's in my car seat, and I'm driving down this alley in Glendale, and I hear, Cody, look! And I, like, stop my car, and it's Suge standing with another dude in this alley, and he goes, Burbank. Yeah, Burbank. He's like, what's up? And I'm like, what's up? He comes around the back. Starts playing with Maddie. He goes, we should go to dinner. Let's hang out. And I was like, no way. I was like, yeah, I'm like, cool. Oh, I'll, love I'll give Cody. you a call. As soon as I pull into the driveway, I go in my room. I'm like, hey, I just saw Suge. She want, he wants to like do dinner. And my wife's like, no, we're not doing dinner with Suge. <laughs> <laughs> that is fucking amazing. Dude. Cody Mack ain't taking Cody shit from nobody. Mack. No, he we're jumped right in his bill, man. Dude. That's right, Cody Mack. Right. Cody Mack, a.k.a. Suge White. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great That's story. Holy crap, dude. <laughs> so, all right. So let's flip it now. Then you end up tattooing Biggie Smalls. Yeah. That was, who that was a hell of a I thing, love. Man. And, and <laughs> you're, in, like you're in the movie. Or it's, it's documented in a lot of the Biggie stuff. Like it was either the day before or the day of the night yeah, of two, the party. Two days before. So okay. anyway, uh, after Parker shot, I had tattooed, you know, a lot of people from Bad Boy too, Mary J and you know Puffy and these people. But I was gonna ask. somehow I didn't care about. I didn't like Puffy that much. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> Puffy starts uh, trying to get me to come to New York to tattoo Biggie, and he's calling, he's calling, and I'm just putting it off. And you know I'm so entrenched with the West Coast, I didn't think it was a good idea for me to go to New York or whatever. Damn. You know, and so. That goes on, you know, whatever, all summer, East, 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 West you Coast know. Beef? It's, going on, it's going back and forth? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's that. hot, right? No, so, I know. It's yeah. during it's, that, yeah. It's going on. So um, finally, uh, Biggie calls me up and goes, yo, Mark, you know, I'm coming to L.A. Let's do this, you know? So I'm like, cool, man. So we set it up. And in my mind, because I didn't really like 
Puffy, I'm thinking that Biggie's not that cool either. You mm. know what I mean? Prejudged him. I prejudged him, you know? And then he came in, and he was so fucking cool. He's getting this, you know, beautiful Bible psalm, you know, and there's, there's that one that's yay, though I walked through the shadow of the Valley of Death. Yeah, on his forearm, right? I guess. And then Vietnam guys would get, because I'm the baddest motherfucker, I fear no one, because I'm the baddest motherfucker in the Valley. But he got this other one that was much sweeter, you know what I mean? It was, you know, because the Psalms are so beautiful, and he got this really beautiful one, lines and lines and lines of script, you know, and it was his first tattoo, and wow. it took about eight hours, you know, of, <laughs> you know, of steady tattooing, so he knew they were kind of gunning for him, so we're in the back room, and he's got three bodyguards, and Shaquille O'Neal was getting tattooed in the front room, you know? And Bro. Shaquille would come back and, oh, Biggie, you're so dope, and I want you to rap on my next record, and, you know, whatever. And then he'd walk out, and the bodyguards would be like, oh, damn, Biggie, you need to slap that fool. <laughs> Dick riding you like that, it's embarrassing. <laughs> and, and Biggie was just like, Oh, yeah, all right. He's just a kid. He don't, he don't know no better, you know? And the same thing repeated itself like three or four times. And by the fourth time, I'm getting caught up in the testosterone. I'm like, yeah, Biggie, you need to slap that. <laughs> you know I mean? But he, uh, he never bought into it, you know what I mean? And then when I heard he got shot two days later, the first thing that came to my mind was, this guy's going straight to heaven. Mm. Wow. wow, man. Real you know, he had all those opportunities to buy into that negativity, and he took the fucking high road all the time. Yeah. yeah. And at one point, he said something like, they were talking about girls, and he's like, I don't need to be hearing about all these bitches. I'm a married man, you know, and that's... Not the usual shit you hear in a tattoo. No, right, right, you know what right. I mean? So wow. I hold, hold Biggie in very high esteem. God rest him, man. Yeah, I, I've always heard great things about him, man. Just all positive and sweet dude and got caught up in the whole thing. Yeah. Because he didn't even do anything like in the real reality of the situation. Right. Because Tupac had thought that he took a shot at him at Quad Studios and all that stuff and it wasn't oh, him. Yeah. And I watched every single documentary about this. But yeah. I mean, I think Unlike a lot of those people in those days, I think Biggie had been a real hoodlum. Yes. You know what I mean? Right. He had done some stuff, and he turned his life around, and he was grateful for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there was lots of guys trying to be gangsters. Yeah. You've probably like seen a lot of that throughout your life. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Wow. Wow. That's wow, man. Um was there any person that you tattooed that you were just like, oh my God, this person is... So-and-so? Like so? Somebody that was... Starstruck? Yeah, like starstruck. Or were you like, oh my God, I can't believe him. Nah, you know, not so much. I mean, my old lady tells this story where, you know, Johnny Depp used to have these parties for his mother's birthday. It was New Year's Eve. And I was sitting at a table and... This guy comes over and he's talking to the lady next to me, and I look over and it was Al Pacino. And my old lady says she never saw me shit my pants before. 
but I was that's like right. one of the only times okay. I was really like, that's oh my god, it's motherfucking Al Pacino. Yes. You know, go Cody Mac. Go Cody Mac. I can tell you who is starstruck over Mark. Every time they're at, he's at one of those Hollywood parties. He goes to Adele's Halloween parties every year. Mm. All that stuff. Every time Leonardo DiCaprio sees Mark from anywhere, he will run across the room and point him out and be like, "That right there is the coolest guy in Hollywood." And just wow, walk away. <laughs> that's respect. That's I amazing. I love that kid. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. You it's say Adele too. I, I have an Adele tattoo. I love Adele. Oh my and God. I, I read something recently that you love tattooing her, and she just loves getting tattooed too. Yeah, she's she's such a uh, cool, unique individual, talented, and funny as fuck. You know what I mean? She is uh, a joy. You know, I really like hanging out with her. Yeah, she's getting a lot of tattoos. It's interesting that like. How Johnny Depp has his hands all tatted. He's like a huge actor, but all of his hands are tatted. And like, yeah, just yeah. like the makeup and stuff it takes to cover those up for all the movies he's done, Pirates of the Caribbean, just all that stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even Nicolas Cage and like, right. so many people. It's interesting so that you're, you're saying that you almost, you're thinking about a priest becoming, going mm-hmm. in that route. And do you get a lot of like confessions or people bleeding, you know, speaking to you while yeah, getting yeah, tattoos? Because I know it's... That's a great see, question. Uh-huh. Yeah. I do get a lot of that, you know, father confessor right. thing, and you know, just hearing people's problems. You know what I mean? And it's 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 a privilege, you know. Sometimes it's you know, sometimes I I bring it home or whatever, you know. And they tell me some horrible, sad mm-hmm. thing, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's it's hard to shake it off you know what yeah. i mean it sometimes it's it's heavy you know but you're like a therapist you're like a therapist to these yeah, people yeah. they're telling the story to you yeah yeah people lost a child or you know i'm in a rut for a few days you know i mean it's it's hard but i mean it's i uh you know that's part of the service i think you know that's um yeah, privilege to yeah. hear this from that these connection people. is something that's yeah. you know almost like forever you know I yeah just, it's pretty intense because I just know from, you know, just opens up a lot of different things in your mind when you're going through, you know, getting tattooed. I, yeah. It's great to, to talk and to to really open your mind. And I think people become very truthful. You yeah. Know? Personal. And, and you know what? That brings up a, a, a thing about the way the tattoo world now mm-hmm. is that, uh, that, uh, Nowadays, people don't want to go to get tattooed or people don't want to tattoo in a shop anymore. They Mm. want the little private studio, you know, so they rent a little office space and they put a plant in the corner and they (laughs) sit there and they tattoo you and they got their headphones on and they don't talk to you. Mm. I mean, and I mean, that's kind of like seems to be the way of the tattoo world. And I think they're missing the whole point you know yeah, i agree mean? definitely and i mean that's it's experience you know the the shamrocks model we bit from this old time tattooer from london from the turn of like 1918 that where the elite and the underworld meet and i love that and it's the that. it's the combination of rich and poor black and white cholos mm-hmm. You know, so nice girls everybody. from Beverly Hills, you know, that gives it, you know, energy, you yeah, know what I mean? That's it's true. That makes it alive, makes it crackle. I like it. Yeah, it's all the different walks yeah, of life we'll coming have, in there. We'll have um, 
you know, one point you'll have, you know, David Beckham sitting in there, a kid from 19 year old girl from Beverly Hills, and then an old school Cholo dude, and then a dude from the Hells Angels or the Mongols. Like it's, it's in one room, you can have all these different walks of life, but everyone's respecting the hierarchy of Mark and the shop. There's no ego. Everybody's no the ego. same. Everyone's no, they're the having same. a good time. Yeah, I love that. It's basically also like Mark likes to say, it's the place where regular people get treated like celebrities, but celebrities get treated like regular people. Love it, dude. Yeah. I've walked in there before Drake. Sure. Was, I walked in before Drake was sitting there, yeah. about to go into his first tattoo. He's from Wu. Yeah. It was like a portrait of his dad or something. I remember that back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so many people going there a lot. Like Kelly Osbourne, um, Rihanna, all that. Yeah. It's such a it's such, yeah. a, it's such a diverse group of people. Yeah. You tattooed Gaga too, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's Gaga. cool? She's the bomb. I tattooed her at the Guggenheim Museum at the launch of her perfume. Wow. And inside a bottle, like the I Dream of Jeannie bottle, what? there was the shape of her perfume, right? That's amazing. Barbara so there's huge parties going on. And I'm in a tuxedo, and she's in there with two or three of her girlfriends. And I'm tattooing the back of her head, which is fucking hard. I'm doing a little cherub on the back of her head, you know? She had head tat. And, um, I mean, and all these people are mingling around. You know, Yoko Ono, they're all peeking in the window. And, you know, I'm doing my thing. It's okay. I'm doing good, but it's fucking hot. It is hot in there. One point, you know, I feel the like sweat dripping off my nose. I'm in a tuxedo. He's always dressed it's in the hot, you know. So, um, I mean, at one point, I'm almost like feeling like I'm gonna pass out, and I'm like, that ain't a good look, you know. So anyway, we we, grace of God, we get through it, you know. And then uh, her friend that's sitting on the floor wants to get up and see it, so she gets up and. Her fat ass was sitting on the air conditioning vent. She almost killed us all in there, fucking five dead at the Guggenheim Museum. (laughs) Have you ever, in the past 10, 20 years, you never tattooed, not dressed, like like you never wear a t-shirt? What's like a loungy clothes for you? At home, you're chilling like in sweatpants. Yeah, I wear a t-shirt at home, you know, but I iron it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And you've always been into fashion, always into style? Yeah, I always liked it. You know, my dad was a sharp dresser, so I think it's, you know, got the curse from him, you know. Yeah, you've always been so styling on point, always, man. Didn't matter where you were, always, you know. It's good. Character defense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the acting stuff, Black Mass, American Gigolo, like just seeing you pop up in different things uh, with Johnny Depp. Um, do you like the acting stuff? Do you want to pursue more of that? Oh, yeah, it's so fun. It's it's so fun, Toby. You were great too. Yeah, you're perfect. You're perfect in that. Very magic. lucky to be able to to do it. It's something that I probably always wanted to do. But I never would have had the balls to put myself out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm probably too sensitive or was too sensitive to go on auditions and not get them. I kill myself every fucking time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a tough thing, you know. But, uh, you know, my skin is a little thicker now and I can go on an audition and I'm 
blessed because I have a an art that gives me gratification and pays the bills. So anything else I get acting is like you know from heaven. You yeah, know? yeah, and yeah. it's 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 really fun to do something different after you know almost forty five years of being yeah. in the tattoo shop. You know, it's really cool. And you have to audition for Black Mass. Uh, that one I didn't, but you know, I, uh, it's funny, I owe my career to these two French guys, you know, this first French guy, Jonathan Demi, whose dad was a, a like a new wave director. He asked me to be in this little film, Americano, with Selma Hayek, just a tiny little part, but, um, that was my introduction, and then I tattooed this other French guy a year or so later, Guillaume Canet, and he called me a few months later and said he wrote a part for me in this movie called Blood Ties with Clive Owen. Would I want to do it? Fuck yeah, you know what I mean? So that, <laughs> was, that was a great thing, so um, I love the French. Yeah, I'm very mm -hmm. grateful to these guys, you know, and you know, Johnny helped me get the Black Mass one. You know, I had to audition for the American Gigolo like a bunch of times, but it was during COVID, so it was a, a video audition, yeah, which right. is ten times easier than going it's into way a easier, room right? with, you know, five mean-looking people fucking staring at you. Yeah, staring at <laughs> But you, yeah, you get yeah, nervous yeah. there? You get nervous? Yeah, yeah. But you know what? On the set, considering I'm doing something that I'm not, you know, experienced doing. It's not your lane, yeah. I don't get that nervous. You know? mm. It's so amazing. You got nothing you to know, lose, really. You know why I think, Toby, that I think after all these years of tattooing, you know, you got to act confident when you're, when you're feeling like you ain't, you know, yeah. you gotta act, you know, happy when you're super depressed, you know what I mean? You gotta put on a a front, you know what I mean? Yeah, so right. I think acting has, you know, been part of my repertoire for a long time. It must have been cool to like to be in a movie with Johnny Depp, you've been tattooing him for years, became friends with him, now you're like in his world. Yeah, He was yeah, always yeah, in your yeah, world, yeah, you know, yeah. like now you're on set with him. And And also it was in Boston. Yeah, you know so cool. I mean? And I had the only real fucking Boston accent in the whole thing. <laughs> they got fucking Australians. They got, you know, from all old English guys. They got all this stuff. But they're good at it. And one I real know. Boston accent. Yeah, that's true. Boston accents are one of my favorite, man. Yeah. It's my favorite accents. Even they could be annoying. Just my mom has a thick one still. Yeah, just the way yeah, she yeah. talks. Mm -hmm. It's just nothing like it. Love it or hate yeah. it. It's yeah. <laughs> Are you still auditioning now, to, like these days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't gone out for a while, but uh, yeah, it's such a cool chapter of your life. Yeah, it is, man. It's, it's so great fun, that you're able man. To step outside the box. And yeah, do this. Yeah, it's, it's really an honor, man. You know, a lot of times people have a problem at a young age to try certain new things, and uh, this is inspirational. Especially yeah, like this no, late, thanks, later on in your life. Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's really cool, man. Yeah, very lucky. absolutely. Very lucky. What's your what's your take? What, what's your take on the um, tattoo TV shows? You think that was a positive thing for tattoo? It's horrible. It ruined the whole thing. Man. Okay. I okay. think you know. Um, 
from it gave, it gave more business though no from my era you know like when i got to the pike i mean everything was so secretive you know mm. like when i'd go to rhode island and ask those guys you know where do you get machines nobody tell you nothing you know and <laughs> it was everything was this closely guarded secret mm. so um still of the mindset where you don't give away these trade secrets and i think those shows you know kind of do that and i think they they play the whole art cheap you know what i mean they have the same premise as a competition tv show in a nail salon or a fucking hair salon mm. or a bachelor i mean it's the same stupid mm -hmm. competition thing you know what i mean and uh think it cheapens the art i think it cheapens the art and i don't like how you know like someone will get tattooed I, i've never even watched one of these shows but this is what i've heard that the, <laughs> someone will get tattooed and then it gets critiqued and the poor uh, person cries because they're saying how fucking horrible it is. Yeah, that's bad. You know what I mean? That's I couldn't abide by that. I haven't you watched know? one of those in a long time. I didn't know there was like ju judging. On yeah, the judging. Yeah, on okay. yeah, yeah. I and I mean, art is all subjective. You know Absolutely. What I mean, I don't think it's you know lends itself to competition. Yeah, on the outside perspective, as someone who collects tattoos, seeing those shows, I thought that maybe. It brought more business to tattoo shops, but at the same time, it also made people think I could tattoo. Anybody can do it. I, I, I yeah, they, so that that's, changed. That's, there, were, there were different ones, so that that kind of just showed the work of the person and they told and the their connection stories. with the artist. Or yeah, there was. I think it I, was oh, more was. like you said that it makes people there think was. like that's easy. Okay, or, that anybody looks like fun. It. Anybody yeah, can do it. You know. Ah, okay. Because I've been. It's like Ink Masters now. Ink Masters now is like where like it's like a competition. Ah, okay. But Miami Ink and all the other stuff that was just like lifestyle and here's people's stories and this why right right okay and tell those stories, but it's just crazy. Happen anymore? Now it's the competition. Now it's competition. Got it. Got it. Okay. But it's crazy now when I go to my Trader Joe's and the dude there has eyelid tattoos, his neck tatted. My FedEx dude has a neck tat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that like the whole no job thing. I don't think that that's gonna matter. Job stoppers anymore. Yeah. That's the one interesting thing about it that it's not shocking. It's not. It's hard to be original. Everybody has them. Moms, everybody. Which I think for some. Go ahead, Cody. Which I think for someone like Mark's era. Yeah. The fact that. I mean, that was part of the reason you would get tattooed. When you would get tattooed in your hand, you were like scary. You were like, oh. Yeah. And to be an individual, individual and stand out. Kids come into the shop and they'll have something on their face and you almost don't even notice that they have a tattoo on their face. It's mm. So it's good for like, yeah, as a whole in business and all that. But there's that element of like what Mark was saying earlier, like the, the scary side. The darkness. The, side, the darkness. Yeah, there's no yeah. darkness anymore. There's nothing to tattoo that would freak anyone out anymore. anymore. There's nothing yeah. shocking. Yeah, you shed too much light on anything and there's no shadows, you know what I mean? And, you know, like being a black and gray tattooer, it's all about the shading and the shadows, right. you know what I mean? So Yeah, now if you see somebody, back in the day when I saw someone in New York with a neck tattoo, I was like, oh shit, that's oh, yeah. hard. Yeah, that was yeah. heavy. Ill, yeah. Like, right? right? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And now we're just like, oh, this guy has it down the street and he yeah. works at Trader Joe's, whatever. That's true. Like, when you used to see Isaac, Mm -hmm. You'd be scared of him walking down the street. <laughs> now you look at him and you're like, "Come here, let me give this guy a hug." Well, that's because we know him. <laughs> right? He's probably scary to other people still, though. Maybe, yeah. but Absolutely. but the in, in different they should be yeah. scared. Yeah, <laughs> they should be scared. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's certain elements of people that have those that like come from these. 
crazy lives and did crazy stuff. And but now it's just like people can just pick. I want to get this. I want to get a spider web on my elbow for my first one. Really? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's that's and they it's like the tradition is gone. It's like yeah. you get your sleeves and you get tats where you can't fit them anymore, and then slowly you creep to your hands. Mm-hmm. You know that's just the old school. That's whatever. a progression. Right. A progression. Yeah. Right. Right. It's have, just a different world, but go ahead. We can say oh, no, no. I was going to ask, have, have you tattooed outside the country before? Yeah, yeah. I've times? been, uh, you know, I, ne- I didn't start traveling till, I mean, in reality, because I was strung out, you know, okay. up until maybe 20 years ago, you know. So wow. I couldn't, you know, stray that far. But I go and I do residencies in London at uh, hotels, it works out real nice. And nice. in the fall, I uh, went and tattooed at my friend's shop in Milan, and that went real good. And I've tattooed a couple times, and I'm going back to Ibiza and Spain, you know. And then Man, I'm sure you must have a lot of requests for places like maybe Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's nice living. And <laughs> to to be able to go to these European ones and then go see my daughter and my grandchildren, you know, while I'm over there, works out nice. You know, yeah. I pay for my time off with them and get to see That's them. Beautiful. It's real nice. You got wow. tattooed by Horyoshi in Japan. Oh, oh really? Okay. Yeah, that's pretty much the my best tattoo experience, getting tattooed by him. You know? Wow. The, I mean, the tattoo world compared to back then now has changed drastically, but you seem to still be here, still be relevant, and people still come to you. You have that name and that, you're a legend and also your legacy, and I think that's awesome, especially for everything when you started and where you're at now. You're still maintaining with all the young generation, too, and now it is pretty popular, the single line stuff and the yeah, single yeah, yeah, and the yeah. black and gray, and it's crazy how people are getting like, almost like hand-poked or like jail style like just super little teeny things now it's yeah i mean that 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 jail style thing is is pretty wild you know <laughs> i mean that these nice beverly hill kids wants to make it look like you know he got it down in, in it's prison you know individual. it's people hand poking tattoos at my son's school at hamilton high my son's like, I, right my son max like can i get a hand poked i'm like absolutely fucking not no i know every tattoo artist in the world let's get yeah. a real tat for your first one but it was such a trend like these just tattooing mm. in schools. Interesting. Mark also has been cool that um, at the shop I get to see it is he's been tattooing for a long time and he has been relevant that he's now tattooing children of the dudes that he has tattooed. That's awesome, so he's man. Doing the the generation. Grandchildren. And, and even grandchildren yeah, yeah. at some wow. point. So it's, it's pretty awesome to see like these three people coming into the shop to get their 18-year-old grandson tattooed, but the other two are tattooed by Mark and tell stories from the old days. It's pretty awesome to be there for all that kind of that history really yeah that's yeah, amazing man, that's that's an honor how long has the shop been there for now shamrock 20, 21 wow yeah yeah 22 2001 you know i was supposed to sign the lease on 9 11 wow and that shit happened and uh you know my future landlord called and said ah, let's do this tomorrow so i went in on uh, 9 12 2001 and signed the lease and the guy who I signed the lease with was a prince. It was Robert Peterson. He donated the Peterson Auto Museum in his in his collection there. Wow. And he was such a cool cat. And 
he bought the building from Bing Crosby, who was a friend of his. Yeah, Bing Crosby built the building, and he wanted it to for his publishing company, yeah. and he wanted it to be on the strip because Bing liked hanging around with black jazz musicians, and he couldn't sit in the nightclub with them because they weren't allowed to see. You know, they could play, but they couldn't sit in the booth. Wow. So he wanted to have a place to hang out. So he had an apartment on the top floor where him and Louis Armstrong would smoke weed and, you know, 1937, you know. Damn. Yo. Wow. So I, I guess there's, there's a history like of diversity in the building. It's nice, man. Yeah. Um, you, I'm a space on this. <laughs> so you were in rehab and they let you out of rehab to be part of True Romance. I was already a part of True Romance in that I designed the, uh, I have it tattooed on me right here. He, me and Travis so Parker great. got matching ones on the tour of the Cherubee drew for Clarenton, Alabama. That's oh, so nice. great. Man. All the listeners know this is my favorite movie of all time. Mark Mahoney's a part of it. He's going to tell you why. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Scott, another prince of an individual, God rest in peace, he um, came and asked me to draw up the tattoo designs for uh, True Romance. And I drew that little cherub. And uh, they went and had a makeup artist draw it on, and they filmed it. And I guess they, were, they had a screening, and they're showing it. And when they did a close-up of the tattoo... There was this like kind of boo went across the room like it looked so bad you know wow. so janky so he's like oh shit what am i gonna do you know <laughs> i gotta get mark to to draw it on you know so i was uh in rehab and i was at the you know early stages of rehab where i couldn't talk to my wife i couldn't talk on the phone wow. i couldn't leave the facility and Next thing you know, at like 10 o'clock, they're coming up to my bunk and saying, Mark, come on, put your clothes on. So, you know, and I go out and there's a black van waiting for me and they whisk me off to a sound stage where I, you know, hand drew the, the thing on, you know, and they reshot the scene or whatever. But yeah. That's amazing, man. Yeah, that was, that was fun. And I did a... Uh, Another cool tattoo for that, Tony wanted to get a photograph if I knew someone that would get True Romance tattooed on him. So I had this Australian friend, big fat guy, and I did it big across his back, and they took like a bunch of pictures of it bleeding, you know what I mean, just the outline, you know. And, oh, wow. Uh, Tony made a half a dozen posters of this, and then he brings one in to show at the front office or whatever, at, you know, whatever studio it was. And he's like, yeah, here's my idea, you know, I want to do this. And they're like, get that thing out. That's the grossest <laughs> shit I ever seen in my life, you know what I mean? They fucking, these suits were mortified, you know? So anyway, every time I saw Tony, you know, after that, and he was a righteous, loyal guy, would use me for every tattoo for every movie he did oh that's cool but um he would ask me he goes mark 
you got that poster. I gave you one of those posters, and uh, I can't find mine. I, I tore the house off. I tore the office off. I can't find any of them. I really want to get that poster. You've got to find that poster. And, like, I don't know where it is. So somewhere in the world, mm. there's a half a dozen of these secret <laughs> true romance posters. That's yeah. incredible, yeah. man. I'll leave it up to you, Toby, and your listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'd love fine. to have one of those. That's I a, know you would. That's incredible, <laughs> so man. Fine, He's gonna be on a. You're yeah. gonna be on a mission. I, I have well, the a listeners feeling. know I'm a super yeah. freaking fan I about know this. You are. Yeah. Did you? Would you meet Patricia back then too? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew her from before. Yeah. Wow. She has no tattoos, right? Does she? I can't remember. Well, she has. I might have tattooed. tattooed. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Is there anybody you want to tattoo you haven't tattooed yet? That's a good question. I. I wouldn't mind tattooing a Rolling Stone, you know. Okay, like, all right. Yeah. yeah. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, that would make total yeah. sense, too. Yeah. Any politicians? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to That's hurt Donald Trump, man. I'd like to turn like, it up, I got an Obama tattoo. Yeah. Like, a back piece. Yeah. <laughs> you know um, what? Speaking of politicians, one did come into the tattoo shop. Here we go, see? Okay. 15 years ago, 10 years ago. Johnny Holiday, the French Elvis, was a friend of mine, and he was friends with Sikorsky, Sarkozy, yeah. the French president. Oh, wow. So he brought the French president in. What? To get a tattoo, <laughs> and the French president was with, speaking of Rolling Stones, was with Carla Booney, Mick Jagger's ex-girlfriend. Mm. But meanwhile, he's still married man, the president, you know? So he come in there <laughs> and, uh, you know, knowing that we don't tell no tales. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, until now. He wanted to, till now. <laughs> he, uh, he wanted to get a little something and he wanted to be able to hide it with his Rolex. So wow, took his Rolex dude. off and everything that's like a, that. That's so incredible. Good yeah. on him to... You know what I mean? To, yeah. Good on him for being with Carla Bruni and good on him for getting a tattoo. You know what I mean? <laughs> so the French, I told you, I love them. <laughs> Johnny Holiday was a king, man. He was the French Elvis and he was amazing. Johnny Holiday is the, on, the only person ever. I didn't know who he was, never heard of him before, and he used to come in all the time. Me either till now. And um, they, there's a documentary about him, I think on Netflix or one of those. But we had this French this French couple come in and they were like, Johnny Holiday tattoo here? You know, and I was like, yeah. And she was like, where? And I was like, he sat there and I just pointed to a chair and this lady sat there and weeped like I've never seen and her husband was weeping, taking pictures of the chair of them. In the, Young the people the Toby too, and not I, like old folks, you know, yeah. all generations love them, man. Never the seen character. Anyone do that, no matter who. Johnny Depp sat there. Everyone you can think of has sat in one of our chairs. No, Johnny Holly is the only one someone came in. And I remember asking him once he lived in Pacific Palisades before he passed. And I was like, oh, what brought you out here? And he's like, in France, I can't walk down the street. Like he was like the equivalent of Leonardo DiCaprio walking to gotcha. Target. You know, mm -hmm. he said, I couldn't do it. But here, four people know who I am. So I get to go to the grocery store for the first time That's in my cool, life. That's cool, man. That's really cool. Yeah. Check them out. I do don't people know anything? Do people come in the shop like celebrities with security sometimes too? Yeah. Or no, they're, they're yeah, so comfortable yeah. they come solo. Or yeah. No? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Wow, 
and no, no crazy experiences with people coming in that like even when Madonna they want privacy. Was there. Yeah, when Madonna came in, she came in with her assistant. That was it. When she got her first tattoo, and her but boyfriend, most people, yeah. Most wait, people, wait, wait, wait. Mark did Madonna's first no, tattoo. Someone no, someone or the other. She just walked in on a on a Sunday and got tattooed by one of the by East. By East yeah, yeah. or or hit him up. Hit him up and was like, "Can I get tattooed by you today?" And East was like, "Come on in." And yeah, so it was like. And like, that wasn't too long. That wasn't that was, no a, a few year, months a year, a year ago. ago. Yeah, her first tat. But yeah, yeah, like no one could like we've had it to where. One day, David Beckham was getting tattooed, and he was standing at the top of the stairs. He had his shirt off, and he was talking to me while I was at the counter. And these group of girls were, like, looking at him. And I was like, oh, here we go. We're about to, like – and David goes back upstairs, and these girls are looking at each other. And they're like, that guy looks just like David Beckham. He's so hot. <laughs> and because I think when you don't realize that you could see someone there and you see someone, you don't – I think in their minds, they're like, well, that can't be David Beckham in a tattoo shop just in hanging. LA, just hanging out at the top. And we've had it where like Bruce Willis has come down the stairs and been talking to me and says hi to everybody. And you can see the people getting tattooed faces, like looking like, am I seeing what I'm seeing? Like yeah. Bruce Willis just walked right by and said hi to everybody and just left. Like yeah. it's, it's baffling. And like when people, but you're used to it. Yeah. So, and when people come in town, like I have family from Florida that like their goal is to meet one celebrity and they're always like, Take me to Hollywood and Highland, and I'm a, I to me I'd always be like, look, you don't want to meet a celebrity or see a celebrity. You go to the Grove or you go to Shamrock. Like, you go to an AA meeting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Any any time any time of the week too, they just pull up in there, yeah. right? You never know. That um, one time, we were starstruck. One night it was quiet, middle of the week, and this big motorhome pulls up out front, and. Evil can evil come. What? So for, for my generation, that, that was a you know a hero or whatever. So his wife comes in and says, "I was driving down Sunset, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw that you had a Evil can evil pinball machine in the front of the shop." And she she said, and I remembered, Evil said when we got back together, he promised to get my name on his ass. So she turned this big fucking Winnebago around in the middle of sunset and parked right in front of the shop, and they walked in. And he, you know, was going to get her name on his ass. And so he's getting ready, and these two, like, two, three, like, college girls were getting tattooed. And he goes to, you know, pull his pants down to show his ass. He tells the girls, he goes, you girls better turn your heads. You get one look at this, you go home and throw rocks at your boyfriend. <laughs> and they were all like giggling, I mean, like beyond charming. And he had the blue tinted shades. And then when he wanted for effect, he'd flip him up. They would go like this and see his blue eyes, you know, then he'd put it back down. He was too, too Bro, tough. Man. But he goes to uh, the side of the, his ass, he wants to do it. It's all fucking scar. Like, no, mm, I can't right. do that. So he's uh, okay, we'll do it on the other side. But oh that was a good night, dude. It's like you pretty much tattooed everyone, man. It's pretty amazing, yeah, man. Yeah, we've been look. What back it up, go, go, whoa, go, whoa, go, whoa. go, 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 go. Yeah, he tattooed Chris Martin too. Coldplay, it's my favorite band and singer of all time. That's a that's a beautiful individual. I heard that's he's nice so guy. positive, so nice. That's a nice guy. You would get along great with him. <sighs> what you do on him, you remember? He was recording. <laughs> I was trying to remember. Yeah. I did him a couple of times. Yeah. Oh, he has a couple of tattoos? Yeah. Okay. Super sweet guy, I heard, at though. at that uh, Jim Henson studio that was the old A&M. Where they were, they were recording their record. And you tattooed yeah. at the studio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, they were in the process, you know what I mean? And they'd 
You it, still do that? You still tattooed? go to people? Yeah, yeah people yeah, come yeah. to you, yeah. travel for people. Mm-hmm. Not for everybody. Yeah, not right, for everybody. Right. <laughs> Filthy whore. Uh, I'll do anything for money. Yeah. <laughs> well, you talked about it before, you know, how tough it was. You're living in the back of a shop. And yeah. When did you notice the shift? Because now tattoo artists, if you're very good, you make crazy money. Bank. Yeah, yeah. Like, did you notice a shift where people, because there was a lot of word of mouth back then, did you notice in your own career, like, wait, okay, now... Making I'm real sh- money? I'm, sh- I'm still waiting for that to happen. Okay, so. all right. <laughs> that ain't happened yet. I keep trying, man. But, but the prices are way different now. Yeah. You can charge. Yeah, and just, yeah. That's a problem. But rent is different now, too. I know. So, yeah. You know, the profit margin yeah. doesn't seem to be any because better. It takes a, I mean, Mortgage, too. It takes a lot. Yeah. I have no idea what it takes to run a tattoo shop. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Especially where they're at, they're in the prime spot. Like it's yeah, an awesome it's rough. area. Like it's mm-hmm. rough. Yeah, it is. My rent is five times what it was when I got in there. You know, wow. more than five times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. It's but then that means the prices yeah. go up for yeah. the tattoos. Yeah. This yeah. is part of life. It's just, right, right. I don't think people really blink an eye at prices tattoos anymore. I really don't. People just want it so bad. Do you, here's a question: Do you feel like tattoos are way more popular now, coming out of the pandemic? Because I heard people went crazy after these mm-hmm. past couple of years and. Everybody start getting tattooed. Is that, is that something or no? You feel like there's more clientele? I would say after the pandemic, we had a big surge. It okay. was people that didn't lose their jobs or didn't mm. work from home, so but they weren't going out to dinner. They yeah. weren't going on vacations. They weren't yeah. going to the movies. So they actually had like a crazy disposable income. Mm. And so we had like when we were first open, even with masks on, people were like, we were pretty jam-packed. Yeah. But like, yeah, yeah. and then it's like slowed down again because it's like, you know, I think with the recession a little bit, it's, yeah, and things like that happen. But it's we're still affected like, by weather. Yeah, winter. weather, like especially out here in LA. Like when it's cold, it's slow. It like, rains too. It yeah. rains like yeah. uh, first rainy day of the season. You're just like, all right, it's one of those days where you know co- three, four people come in instead of five to ten. You know, yeah. so it's just these Californians ain't like them tough kids from Taunton. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> If yeah. it rains a little bit, people freak out out yeah. here, man. Yeah, they do. The roads aren't built for rain out here. It's like movie sets. Yeah. How many years have you been in the shop now, Cody? Uh, I think 17 or 18 years. Wow, man. Long, Pretty good. Long time. Like, and how did you meet Mark? So I met Mark when I was when I was 19. I was hanging out with uh, this guy named Travis, Chris Clancy, and Nino, and our whole group. And we were actually, it was St. Patrick's Day, and we were going to Danny Boy's, was throwing a party for St. Patrick's Day at the El Rey Theater. But before that, they were like, let's all go get tattooed. And I had no tattoos. And this was the era still where, like, tattoos were still, like, looked at. Like, when I did get my first tattoo, I wasn't allowed at certain people's houses with my shirt off. You know, it was Damn. one of those. Like, yeah. Kind of little, still a little bit not. Dennis Rodman hadn't been to the forefront and Cher hadn't been to the forefront. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we had gone to see Mark, and I thought he was the coolest guy. But Mark tattooed the six other people I knew and was like, I'm not going to have time for you because you're the only one I don't know. So I got tattooed by the guy who sat next to him, Frank Ball. But I always remembered just how cool Mark was. Yeah. So I went to him the next year when I turned 19 and got tattooed by him. And then, like, I went once a year, every year. And, you know, it's like you were talking, like, it's a therapy session. I was telling Mark about yeah. my job. And then I remember that when my mom passed, I told him about it. And I remember him, like, almost crying. And I felt like, oh, wow, like, this dude really cares. I see this dude listens. once a year. He listens. Yeah. And then um, one day I was, you know, I worked at Warner Brothers and I left there and then I toured with with nonfiction and then I toured Jedi Mind Tricks and nonfiction and kind of got off tour and went up to Mark one day and was like Mark I'm 
you know everybody out you know my work ethic i needed you know i'm looking for a job i'm kind of you know at this point where i'm gonna need a job and he was like actually my guy big island is about to start tattooing and he's got to go big island mike yeah big island mike oh yeah shout out to big island yeah. mike okay so yeah, big yeah, island mike yeah. well you know he's like you could take his job and i was like i don't want a tattoo like i'm no, i can't draw and he goes no i actually want someone that's not going to leave me in four years to run the shop and i was like oh okay cool i'll do that and I haven't been able to leave since. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm not going to let him leave because you know what? Like You're running the show, but you're t holding shit down, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he just, you know, I think like, you know, my mother used to say, we're, you know, like we're given to the depression. She was saying the, the Irish are given to the melancholy, you know, and I got that, you know. And uh, Cody is such a positive force and so uplifting, you know what I mean? And I'm, very lucky to be able to be around him every yeah. day, man. It makes my life, improves the quality of my life, you know? Do you ever get, you seem like a guy just super chill. Do you ever get, like, angry or, like, get, like... That's, anger is hard for me, you know? Mm. I don't get mad much, you know? He seems so I, chill. I, I was just telling the story, because he's never, I've I worked there for 19 years, and if I've messed up, he's come down and been like, let me talk to you for a second, and took me and talked to me like, a disappointed dad, you know, like, <laughs> Hey, I, you need to do this. The only time I've ever heard him even kind of remotely. And I just told this story the other day is I'm a football fanatic. I love football. And I used to work Sundays and then I finally started taking Sundays off. Someone else was taking them, but Super Bowl Sunday, it's kind of a slow day sometimes at the shop. And this one Sunday, just the guy who was working called me and was like, Hey, can you call Mark? Like, can you talk to Mark? It's like, dude, it's dead here on Super Bowl. Like no one came in. Like maybe we should just be closed. And I was like, fuck, I'll take one for the team. Why not? And Mark comes in Monday and, He's like, oh, how was it Sunday? I was like, oh, Mark, like they said it was dead. Like, you know, it's like a national holiday. Like, I think maybe we should be closed. And Mark dead looked at me and goes, it's not my fucking holiday. And just walked up the <laughs> stairs. And I was like, oh, shit. And then I called the guy. I was like, don't ever fucking ask me to ask Mark again. <laughs> That's the only time ever where I felt like, oh, is he mad at me? <laughs> that is Mark, yeah, you know, I mean a sports guy. At the, I mean, at the Pike, we worked on Christmas. We worked Damn. on New Year's. You know, we worked on everything. You know what I mean? There was no, yeah, holidays. You know what I mean? A, a holiday was when you left a spot out of a color tattoo and your little skin was showing. That's a holiday. <laughs> wow, what, what was the last real job you had before tattooing? You know, all through high school, I worked at the Catholic Guild for All the Blind. I worked in the kitchen at this blind place. And wow. I uh, would volunteer to take these blind... It was the geriatric blind, right? Mm. And I'd volunteer nights to, you know, play bingo with them. I loved the old people. And uh, I took them to the circus a couple of times. So me and my big old shitbox Oldsmobile and... <laughs> Five geriatric blind people go to the Ringling Brothers Circus, <laughs> wow. and they had the time of their lives, you know, because there's all that smell and music, yeah. and you know the ringmasters telling you what's going on. You know, they had a ball. Yeah, that's amazing. That was a nice job. I worked from like 13 to 18 or something. 19. Wow. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Do you have any uh, major regrets in your life? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Because it's, it's part of your journey. You know what I mean? It's like you're here now, like everything yeah. you've been through. Yeah. Damn. 
That's amazing. <laughs> you have so many stories. Like, it's just so many layers of you and so many different yeah. chapters of your life. It's amazing, man. Such an incredible journey, man. You seem so youthful. Like, yeah. Really, oh, thanks, that's that. Man. I mean, your work and do you believe that adds to that youthfulness? That yeah, energy? I mean, I think loving what you do, you what know, you love. being mm-hmm. passionate about what you do keeps you going. Yeah, you and know. I think hanging around. I think hanging around with. Younger people also, Cody, our, yes. our clientele is closer to the 18 to 22 range more than older dudes. You know, we still yeah. get older dudes, but it's like, you know, we, there's always, every day there's a new 18, 19 year old kid getting their first tattoo. Yeah. And everyone at the shop, like Mark and Freddie and me are the three oldest people there. Yeah. You know, so it's like everyone else is in their early thirties, late twenties. So, you know, you listening to like whatever they're listening to and hearing the story. So I think it keeps you, keeps young. you young. That, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah it's so a, true. That's a good point. And how yeah. old are your kids? Uh, Frenchie is going to turn 22 in June and 23 maybe. And uh, Molly's going to be 30 in uh, December. Wow. And my grandchildren are one and a half and almost four. It's amazing, man. Wow. It's amazing. This is, I'm like overwhelmed by the stories. And yeah. I really yeah. appreciate you being here, man, telling your story uh, and have, being on your first podcast. And yeah, yeah. Toby was painless. It was fun. <laughs> man. You, you have such a good aura and energy, man. You have yeah. such a good uh, vibes, man. So make sure Shamrock Social Club, Sunset Boulevard. Come by anytime. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely stopping by. Yeah. No, it's it's a great, it's a amazing shop, man. I want to I want to check it out. Do you do you pay attention to new tattoo artists and stuff like that, or are you checking for people's work? Or do you stay in your lane, do your own thing. I mostly stay in my lane. I mean, there's so fucking many. Yeah. I know. You know, I mean, I'd have to quit working to to <laughs> keep up with how many new tattooers there are. But you know, I um, I get to to do these tattoo conventions like in Paris and then mm. uh, going to one in Frankfurt next month and Oh you are I get I'm to be see, next month too. That's yeah, cool. okay. I get to see the uh you know what's happening in the in the world, you know. There's this one guy from uh Poland that blows my mind. He tattoos in Scotland now and he's gonna come and tattoo at the shop named Jarlson that's just Amazing, amazing black yeah. and gray tattooer so yeah it's you know it's exciting it's come so far someone. since you started tattooing yeah, man. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's beautiful man just how big it is and how it's worldwide and mm-hmm. you can do it as long as you can do it yeah, yeah and it's i mean and it's so different i mean there's black and gray but there's you know 10 zillion kinds of black and gray now you yeah. know so yeah it's 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 a it's a big man yeah we're gonna say Oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm just like, wow. I know, man. It's, it's, let me check my nose to be sure I got all this stuff. I know you guys are... Are you an optimist or pessimist? I'm an optimist. Yeah, I can tell. You can feel yeah, that. Yeah. You can feel it. You've always been like that? Not as much as Cody. Yeah. I mean, and like I say, I'm you know kind of a depressive individual, so it's, it's a battle. Mm. But I think, on the whole, I'm an optimist. Yeah. And you're sober for how many years now? Yeah, you know, 20, yeah, something like that, yeah. you know. How many? 20, 25. 20, 20, wow, yeah. man. I've had to be on, you know, uh, prescription medications for my, you know, depression and anxiety and everything like that. So some people don't consider that nah, man. sober, but, you know, 
I've been doing good, keeping me out of my arm, fucking no dope. 20, 25 years, that's yeah. amazing, yeah. man. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, man, you have anything else for this, man? Uh, your wife, how did you meet your wife? Oh, that's yeah, a good question. you know what, that's a great question. They've been together you a long know, time. I met yeah. her in the old-fashioned way in the tattoo shop, you know. <laughs> she, she came in to get tattooed and, you know. Where was this? When I was on Third Street, it, it was called the Shamrock Studios, okay. and that was, you know, the mid-'80s. Okay. And we've been together almost 35 years. That's what, amazing. What did, she come so get, what did she get tattooed? She got, her first one was a cross. She's uh-huh. a nice uh, Chicana from East L.A. with an Irish grandfather. So wow. she has green eyes and light and hair, and that was the luckiest day of my life, yeah. That's incredible, yeah. man. 35 years. Put up wow. with my ass for a long time. <laughs> God bless. Yeah. That's so good, man. You have anything to say to Cody or no? No, I'm good. This was awesome. <laughs> this, was so, this was so good. It's like just hearing your story and your journey and like yeah. met you a bunch of times, been to your shop, hung out, and like just having me here, it's an honor, man. Yeah, we never had a chance to, you know, to yeah. talk too deeply. It's very nice talking. And I realized I've, I've you, never man. been tattooed by you, but I have a tattoo that you did on me. Yeah, yeah, So yeah, I need yeah, to get a tattoo yeah, from you yeah. someday for sure. Where? I, I'll make room for him. By proxy, it. man. You got room. Yeah, I gotta <laughs> we'll find something. I work good small. Yeah, I would love to, man. I'd be, be honored, man. Get something from Mark. And then what about social media? Are you on there? Do you deal with your account? Are you talking to people? Or What's you, social media? Like so Instagram? I don't know. Are you on that shit or Oh, no? yeah, I heard that. No, um, <laughs> I guess my, you know... My wife does a little bit of that stuff yeah. for me. I don't ever look at anybody's. Uh... Oh, yeah. yeah. So the shop has the Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shamrock Social Club. Yeah. And, and uh, it's run by Mark's wife, who's also the owner of Shamrock. Gotcha. And then Mark has his own. It's Mark Mahoney. He looks at it, visual, like, but Nicole's the one that like kind of runs it. But if anything, if you want to follow him or if you want yeah. to write to him or the shop and someone, Mark We'll either type back or tell me what to type back. <laughs> <laughs> I won't type back. It's, it's crazy that like portfolios now are just people's Instagrams yeah. for tattooing. Yeah. You don't have to do a book anymore or go There's show no your book. Oh, it's all yeah, social media. Right. You can see everything on their account, like people's tattoo artists. You know? Yeah. It's such a different world, man. It's so cool that you're still in this world and you made it through all the different generations of the tattoo and you still respect it. People still love getting tattooed by you. It says a lot about you as a person too, you know what I mean? As a human yeah, being. And your work. Thank you, Tony. You're a solid human, Mr. Uh, Thank you. Mahoney. Appreciate you being here. Yeah. First podcast we did with Mark Mahoney. Yay. The first podcast. <laughs> good one. You tried to do some Irish shit, Pam? I did Irish accent there. <laughs> oh, it's a good, good working one. with some Irish people there. That's so good time one. Time to time. They get to use my accent. I like it. We, we cover a lot, right, Cody? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for being here, Mark, man. Hey, thank you guys both. Thanks for thank sharing your story. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. I always ask my guests if they have any regrets. I personally don't have any regrets. Even when it comes to my tattoos, I have the silliest tattoos. Even my ET on my leg, it's still a childhood memory for me, and I love it. I've had tattoos on top of tattoos strictly because I wanted more tattoos. I started getting tattoos when I was 18. I'm 52 now, and I can't stop. I've had lazy treatment before on something on my arm. It's four tattoos on top of each other, and that experience at that place was pretty fast. It was pretty cold. It was in and out, swiped the credit card, don't really tell me much, didn't give me much details or anything was going to happen. So I never went back. So as of most recently, 
I'm so lucky enough to have had two sessions at Removery Tattoo Removal. My tattoo on my arm that looks like a big black blob is now super light. I've had two sessions. I have a long road ahead of me. None of this stuff happens overnight. You cannot take a tattoo up in one sitting. You have to be patient. And it's painful. They ice you up. It's super fast. To me, it felt like a bunch of rubber bands. But what's more painful than that is looking at something on your body that you think you're stuck with for the rest of your life. That sucks. But now for me, I'm really happy I started this journey. I'm slowly going to get this tattoo removed. I never thought in a million years I have any kind of real estate on my arm. I don't even know what I want, but it's exciting. I'm so honored to announce that One Life, One Chance podcast is now with Removery. I have a code. Use TobyH20 and get $100 off your first session. Call 866-934-4570 or go to Removery.com. One of the most experienced tattoo remover companies in the world. Over 600,000 removal treatments done. 100 locations, U.S., Canada, and Australia, state-of-the-art peak-away laser technology, cryotechnology to reduce any discomfort. This is so exciting for me because all I do in these podcasts is talk about tattoos. From day one, if you've been listening to this podcast, talk about tattoos, talk about getting removed, talk about getting covered up. So this is such a perfect fit for me. Once again, go to removery.com or call 866-934-4570. Use my code TOBYH20 and get $100 off. These guys are located everywhere. Try it out.